BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com and if you'd like to support the show and maybe even jump your story in the line or maybe even read stories with me or maybe you have a story you would like to read to me head on over to patreon at lorehammer listener lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show enjoy Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. Hey, I'm your host, Mark, and joining me, we got Dylan, Dylan, Dylan. Back to read some stories. Oh, it's going so good. How are you? Ah, pretty well. I am so excited for the next installment of this fucking epic saga. I am so hyped to be back to read this. I kept you waiting for the appropriate amount of times. I googled the days and it turned out 37 days since we recorded was the perfect amount of suspense built so. <laughs> oh you calibrated that perfectly yes i did oh, i'm impressed like, that uh he can even produce the next segment of this within 37 days <laughs> so it should take years by the quality of it yeah 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 fuck <laughs> Jeez. um today we are doing part two of a story that we read it's called a red hand weeps and it is by william uh, so go back and check out the last episode that we did. I forget which number it is, but it's all labeled. Yeah, basically, um, there was uh, it's, it's a small recap. Uh, it's like a, it's a it's a Jukari party, and it's as Jukari parties go. Jukari party, Jukari Jukari party, and um, basically we follow the kind of protagonist who's like a servant there. Um, but basically, there's the mistress. She's the Archon's daughter. Is that correct? That's what you said, right? Yeah, yeah. She's the Archon daughter. Yeah, um, she's she's uh, behind some sealed doors doing some promiscuous or suspicious, suspicious things. And then uh, the homunculus guy rocks up and he's all like, I need to speak to her, whatever it is. <laughs> and then uh, kind of lo and behold, they pull back the curtain and everyone's dead behind the doors. And they're figuring yeah. out what's going on. Yeah. And like they, they acted shocked. But let's do the math. How many Drakari orgies end in this fashion? Like how shocking is this really? I mean, like, yeah, they're certainly not using, you know, protection. There's a lot of unprotection <laughs> happening um, in all in all contexts of the word. Uh, you know, shock should be cut half of the course at this point. So Holy to see God. them extra shocked, you know, is very telling. 
Okay. Well, let's dive into this fucking story. Uh, a Red Hand Weeps, Chapter 2. Uh, you want to go to the time? What do you want to do? Yeah, I'll read about halfway and then we'll swap where I feel oh, okay. like I'm uh, to a raspy voice. Yeah. Kill, let's do it. In response to an urgent yet carefully ambiguous invitation, she arrived. Trailed by six handmaidens, she ascended the long winding staircase. Marble features betrayed no hint of the curiosity or concern such an invitation would invoke. Her party stepped upon the final landing. The only acknowledgement of the incubi who now stood on guard was a gentle nod. Tendrils of colorful sheer silk flowed about her and her handmaidens, trailing hems of long transparent fabric under which shone smooth porcelain skin. Unnatural colored veins and venomous blood ran close to the surface, pulsing through pale flesh. So light and thin was the alien material of their elaborate gowns that the slightest movement suspended trailing lengths in midair and did nothing to hide the bare nakedness beneath. beneath. Mm. <laughs> mm. He says while speaking shirtless, I see open. <laughs> Panama. <laughs> Like poisonous flower petals, they floated past the large circular table upon which unopened messages cylinders still laid mixed amongst empty crystal glasses. They gathered before the chamber door, handmaidens fanning out behind their mistress, each one of them an expert in poison, toxin, or venom. Even by the standards of Dracari, they were superatively beautiful, beautiful, but none more so than their mistress of poison, the court. At the court of Lemurian? I know Lemayan? that is an actual Lemayan, right? uh, Drukhari uh, word. Oh, okay. Um, Lemayan? Lemayan? Potentially? Yeah, okay. My esteemed colleague, <laughs> Alistair. <laughs> Fuck the names. Fuck all these crazy Latin words. Now, especially just Lohammer as a whole. You know, fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sub- subscribe to my Patreon. <laughs> yeah, there's Lohammer. Okay. Alessandra tilted her head as she curtsied to the court homunculus, peering at the carnage through the doors in front of which he stood. Behind her collective handmaidens echoed her movement. Lemarian, he hissed, acknowledging her greeting with a nod. I have a matter of warrants that warrants your attention. She raised an eyebrow. And what is the matter? No real hint of emotion tainted her perfect face despite the scene before her. The careful trading of polite understatements was only a formality. Each of them was well-versed in the politics of the Jatari capital and its many factions. As two of the oldest and most trusted advisors to the Archon, they must guarantee that knowledge of the event must be contained to only those who needed to know, and certainly not allowed to leak to the outside, outside the tower. Any perceived weakness would embolden the Cabal's competitors, Asuriide was the Archon's only publicity legitimized offspring. Publicly. Publicly legitimized offspring. His heir apparent. To strike her was to strike at the very heart of the Cabal. This matter would remain between the two of them and their immediate subordinates until the Lord's eminent return. While this was indeed a serious matter which could damage the Cabal, it was also an opportunity. Both were favorites at the court and therefore natural competitors. But now is a chance for each of them to gain the favor and rise even further in the Archon's esteem. They would cooperate only so long as it furthered their mutual agendas. Before dispatching a messenger to court Lemuria, 
Kanrick had overseen the securing of the chamber. He felt the responsibility fell to him, especially as the Lord Archon was currently absent from the tower, enjoying a rare performance at the Circus of the Cult of Strife. His lord's last action before leaving had been to entrust the homunculus to the very message, cil message cylinder that had caused Kanrek to discover the death of the Archon's daughter. While the head of the Incubi guard, the Clavex, Retan, was also absent, ever at his master's side, a detachment of the Archon's silent bodyguard always remained in the tower. Kanrek had summoned them at once to secure the room and the witnesses. He hoped this would prevent tampering and contamination. Within a city of traitors, the uniquely loyal mercenaries were a valued Sorry, with a city full of traitors, the uniquely loyal mercenaries were a valuable commodity and one of the incubi shrines charged highly for. The unfortunate guards who witnessed the carnage within Asuriad's chambers had been quickly suscept. Subscripture? Wow. Requested. Sequestered. Yeah. Into torture cells by the armored bodyguards as a human slave and replaced with a new guard of incubi. A trio of scourges had been dispatched with coded and gene locked message cylinders to summon the Archon back from the circus. More heavily armed messages would have been noticed by the spies within and without whoever they were who was watching. The sudden movement of the incubi through the tower would already have been noted by the Cabal's enemies, and they would have already been trying to discern the reason for such actions. Asiliadras moved past the ancient arachnid homunculus. Oh, yeah, he had like these cool, like uh, Dr. Octopus uh, arachnid legs, this guy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And they were making yeah. clicking sounds and shit like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay, okay, I like that. Uh, move past the arachnid homunculus. He frowned as his nose twitched in response to the perfume she wore. Even though the poisonous scent was mild, certainly of no threat to him, it annoyed him to know that his reaction would amuse her. <laughs> <laughs> However, she gave no indication of noticing his displeasure. Her full attention focused on the corpses piled by the door next to which she now knelt. With the tip of the needle's sharp fingernail, she scraped some of the silver flecks from the dried stain by the corpse's ear before digging her finger through the silver gray liquid, which had pooled beneath her, uh, the head. Black lips parted as she placed a silver drop upon her tongue. She tasted for a moment before wiping her lips about the entirety of the silver stained digit. Eyes closed, she studied the full flavor before slowly removing her finger. A green venom filled the vein pulsed at her temple with as she concentrated, her tongue curled about to swill the subtle hints of flavor in swirl. her mouth. Swell. Swirl? Swirl, 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 swirly twirls. The marble skin of her throat ripped as she swallowed. Her body played host to poisonous beyond numbers, granting her a familiarity with and immunity from substances which would kill others with just a touch. She was so venomous, venomous that a bead of her sweat alone could kill. To walk in her wake was to risk a terminal reaction from her ex uh, acceleration. Exhalation. E exhalation. So this story, while written incredibly well, I think is written too elaborate, man. There's some huge words. And while it flows, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just an idiot, though. 
Yeah, you just need more education, I think. Maybe. Um, you know, you know whatever like you got I'm in your like... childhood was insufficient. These words are descriptive, they are beautiful, it's using yeah. vivid language. I feel um, like I'm reading something like Dr. Peterson, Jordan Peterson would write, you know, like <laughs> just like so many words. You're like, I think I know what you're saying, but by God, do I have to try to focus? <laughs> no, I'm enthralled, man. This is awesome. Like yeah, it really cr- sucks you in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great story. I'm really liking the character development of this venomous chick. Okay, I'm gonna carry on. Yeah, yeah. As a mistress of poison, it was her responsibility to protect her lord from others of her kind as much as it was to provide him with the means, should he wish them, of silently ending his enemies. Court rumor held that the Lord Arkham had once spent a decade under her careful instruction, allegedly building up a temporary immunity to her even shifting toxicity, ever shifting toxicity, just to be able to spend one night in her chamber, a rumor neither had ever confirmed nor denied. Alessandria opened her eyes and nodded to her handmaidens, indicating it was safe to proceed. She had judged that if any poison that had presented, it was now inactive. If she had learned more from the single taste, then she chose not to reveal it yet. The Lemurian's handmaidens gathered samples from the bodies at the doors, hair, nails, skin, blood, as well as the vial of gray silver liquid that had sustained the floor. Alexandria walked back to stand beside the homunculus. I trust you will inform me when the Lord Archon's return is imminent. Uh, Canrick nodded. Then we shall take our leave. Canrick nodded in assent. Then we shall take our leave. My esteemed colleague. (coughs) I feel like every time I say her name, it's also different, but fuck it. Alexandria smiled coldly. I shall have a report awaiting him. I hope you will also have something constructive to provide. Perhaps you'll be able to modify him. Mollify. Mollify. It's an interesting choice of word. Yeah, keep going. Taking charge as its risks as much as its rewards. Watching his competitor and her handmaidens depart, Kynrick stayed silent until the sounds of the steps had faded from the long staircase. Fetch our lord's daughter from the chamber he instructed the silent incubi and bring her to my operating theater. Touch nothing. He was taking a risk. He knew that long before Lemarian made a point of it to take charge was to risk being blamed for any failure, but it was also an opportunity to claim all credit for success. He knew he would have Alexandria's support as long as everything went smoothly. But if she detected a greater personal opportunity, he knew she would turn on him. The next few cycles would be walked on the edge of a blade. He planned to highlight his superiority to his superior. He planned to highlight his superiority superiority to the court Lemarian by completing the surgery and reporting the revivification of the body to the Archon upon his return. Knowing what poison had to be had been used would seem like a weak contribution, indeed, compared to the reincarnation of Asuriad being able to tell them herself. With a wrap of bone, the homunculus departed. Bulbous organic growths lined the curved walls and stretched up into the cavernous ceiling of the homunculus's operating theater. A web of fluid pipes and life-supporting intravenous lines throbbed, linking each bulb together, all fed by the heartbeat of arcane machinery. They traveled up and up into the impossible geometry of folded space. A prism-like effect tricked the eye into thinking there was no end to its height 
just a repeating pattern of cables and organic machinery. What, or perhaps there was no end to through, uh, and though some ancient and through some ancient technology, an immeasurable vastness had been compressed into the bowels of the tower where Kantik was built his surgical layer, has built his surgical layer. Within each growth, a figure twitched and turned, a slowly repairing body containing the soul of a killed Drukair, 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 or a mindless pre prepared clone an empty vessel destined to serve in the rapid reincarnation of a loyal member of the cabal. Some had spent decades in these half-formed shapes. Others had spent centuries turning slowly within the nutrient-rich fluid of the animotic sacs. The time involved in rebirth was partly dependent on how much of a body had remained after death, but perhaps more dependent on how much attention the individual warranted. A homunculus could easily speed up or slow down the soul recapturing and rebirth process significantly. In the center of this web, on the floor, surrounded by a marble autopsy slabs and steel surgical tables, arrived by the homunculus that had designed it all. Conrick had trained in the arts of reincarnation and cloning for so many for many slow centuries as a low as a lowly rack in his former coven. Learning to rebuild a body from as little as a fingernail or to separate the individual pieces of a high-born client killed in a venom explosion for cloning. It had become his specialty. Quick, accurate reincarnation was highly valued amongst the elite. No powerful lord would wish to risk spending long periods in a state of spiritual helplessness as his corpse was being repaired or a clone being grown, but nor would they wish to reappear with a stunted leg or a crippled hand. It was dangerous to be powerful in the capital city of Drakari, and even more dangerous to leave on a real space on real space raids. Some truly wealthy Drakari would leave parts of their bodies in the care of the homunculus coven at ex- at extortionate cost. A hair, a fingertip, or even a fully grown clone, ready to accept their spirit in case their corpse could not be retrieved. Only the extraordinary only the extraordinary wealth of a cabal could tempt a homunculus to abandon his coven entirely and work solely for them. Conric's skills had brought him had brought him notice, wealth, and eventually patronage from the cabal of the Red Hands Archon, allowing him to strike out alone, away from the hierarchy of the coven. He was happy to trade his former master's secrets for the freedom and resources of working directly for a cabal, even if it meant betraying a few of his few betraying a few life oaths among his collection of formaldehyde 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 yeah among his collection of formaldehyde jars he still kept the brain stems of the failed assassins who had attempted to express his old coven's displeasure that's sick um some of them still shuddered with hints of cruelly preserved intelligence ah that's sick uh it had been a long it had been a long ago since last he had added to that particular collection. Perhaps his old masters had reconciled themselves to the fact that he was... Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Now beyond their reach. That's pretty good. The homunculus's eyes were closed as he mentally readied himself for the task ahead. About him scurried servants, preparing his operating theater, arranging vials, laying out tools, attaching nutrient feeds to the empty animatic sacks that lay upon his surgical table. Each servant moved gracefully around the various tables, collecting up tools and the organic supplies that their master would soon need. He could hear the gentle swaying of half alive things hanging far above him, waiting for the performance to begin. Those bodies inhabited by souls longed for a ballet of butchery. That alliteration, dude. Ballet of Butchery. That's sick. That's a movie title. That's an album name. That's a fucking like, oh, that's sick. Yeah, like metal that. band. Oh sure. my god. Ballet of Butchery. Oh, just the, the, the juxtaposition between those two. That's sick. I, I like all these fancy words when I'm not the one having to read them. So carry dude, on. I, I, I was grilling you before, but it's way harder to read than it is to like read out loud than it is to actually read. You weren't wrong. Um, all right. He did not anticipate a complex resurrection. He had a complete body to work with, which had only been dead for 10 cycles at most. He almost looked forward to performing the simple, the simple procedure, which over time he had perfected into an art form. It would not be long before he would learn the Asuride's own lips, the details of her death. Learn from the Asuride's own lips. There we go. Behind faceless masks, bare-chested racks continued with their tasks each displaying a single-minded dedication to their art. It was rare that the surgical lord would ever take part in such a simple task, but this was the reincarnation of the Archon's daughter, after all, and certainly warranted his special, his personal attention. Each servant hoped to gain his attention in some small way by demonstrating a superior skill or efficiency in their craft. The corpse of the Asaride laid upon a gurney against the wall, silently waiting, flanked by the incubi who had collected it. Her body was as it had been found, naked, saved for her shimmering elbow-length gloves. A few splashes of other guests' blood had dried along, long ago upon her naked chest, stains from whatever games she had been playing before her death. <laughs> a silver crust coated her lips and had dried around her ears. The unending heights of the chamber were reflected in the silver-stained orbs of her open eyes, staring silent, sightlessly up into the depths. Conrick's own eyes remained closed until a silence fell, signaling that his servants had finished preparing for him. He breathed deeply, inhaling a heady mix of surgical odors, some pure and some putrefying, each comforting in their familiarity. With a sigh, he opened his eyes and nodded at one of his servants, a lowborn sworn to his service some hundreds of cycles ago. He didn't remember his name. He had probably never learned it, but that particular rack had shown some promise. And when he remembered the patterns, the pattern of scars on its chest, where it had been practicing surgeries on himself. <laughs> 
Strip and clean the corpse, he commanded, turning all his attention to the operating table before him. His arachnid ribs walked him forward to the waiting operating table. He closely inspected the anemonic sac, which lay open like an extracted womb full of warm flesh and nutrient fluids, waiting to embrace and force life back into the corpse of his his lord's daughter. To then draw in her soul would involve in the alchemy, alchemy, alchemical, 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 (laughs) arts of pain. And for that, he, he had his pick from the entirety of his lord's cells and exotic menagerie. The longer a Drukhari spirit wandered in the immaterium, the greater the chance it would be lost to the eternal hunger of she who thirsts. No resource would be denied him as he guided back from the aether, the spirit of Aceride. For a moment, he toyed with the idea of using that impotent senior Cabalite who had led the infectual guards. They waited in torture cells not far away, but he dismissed the idea, poetic as it might have been. The Archon would not would want to question them himself before he decided how exactly to punish their failure. His servants had already selected a few exotic species whom he would vivisect on the, this very same table. As soon as Asarad's corpse was safely ensconcocked, oh, I don't know that word, ensconcocked, E-N-S-C-O-N-C-E-D. Unscotting, I don't know the word. No, I've never even seen it. <laughs> <laughs> with her animatic sack and suspended amongst those others still reforming, all of whom would benefit from the delicate torture he had planned, quickening their own reincarnations with each mel- uh, melody- melody- melodious, mel- melodious scream. Melodious. I think it's melodious. Uh, he could feel the delicate tendrils of fear animating from the holding chambers nearby. His salvation caused him to swallow. A trembling voice interrupted the planning of the torturous delights to come. Master. At which Kynrich snapped his head around. How dare anyone interrupt his silent contemplation. He instinctively raised a bone spur as he prepared to eviscerate the individual responsible. The trembling rack responsible for this outrage stood by the corpse, holding aloft two shimmering elbow-length gloves, which had just been removed. Another servant stood holding a bowl of scented wash and cloth frozen in its task of cleaning the body. Between them both could be seen the right hand of a suriide resting upon the steel of the gurney. Canrick froze, his murderous rage, bone spur still raised and quivering, his eyes fixed upon the corpse's hand, immediately identifying what had so, so startled his underlings. The naked form of the Archon's daughter was as perfect as one would expect of the true-born noble. No scars, no blemishes, not a single flaw. So why was her right hand missing the last digit of her little finger? With a growing de- uh, dread, Canrick rushed forward, Pushing the feeble racks aside, he gripped the corpse's hand, peering closely at where the digit should be. With a twitch of his left eye, a membrane slipped into place, layering an additional biological lens, which allowed him to enhance his view of the finger. With this, yeah, that is so cool. I, it's creepy. It's so creepy and cool. Yeah, creepy is the right word. It's like, serious fuck. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Fuck. The skin was curled inward, the flesh had begun to heal, and no bone had been cut. 
This was not a recent wound. He thought to himself, the cut was clean, not ragged, slightly angled. This was no wound, no minor accident or sign of attack. This was an amputation. A dreadful suspicion began to grow in his mind. He had seen this kind of amputation before. Indeed, as an apprentice rack, he had performed multiple of them himself for wealthy clients. With an urgency he had not felt in long centuries, he began issuing orders sharply. The incubi who had been guarding the corpse as still as statue raised their great bladed claves, readying themselves to respond to whatever had so alarmed the homunculus. Around the racks responded quickly to their master's orders. Some servants left their surgical theater to fetch captives from the adjoining holding pens. Others gathered up, up corpses and began placing it within the amniotic sac, stitching it closed quickly as Kenrick began moving with dazzling speed to insect ports and needles, connecting the corpses to all the arcane fluids required to provoke it back to immediate life. Racks returned, dragging pair of captive creatures on chain collars as the last fluid line was hurriedly inserted. Kenrick reached the point of the spine leg and impaled an unfortunate creature through the shoulder joint. He lifted the shrieking creature, suspended it just within reach of his arms, above the encased form of a Sarred's corpse. He took no note of the species. It didn't matter. All he needed from it this moment was pain. Mounted along the wall, stretching into impossible heights, souls responded to the uh, delectable outpouring of pain. Figures could be seen pressing themselves tight against the flesh of the, their individual amniotic sacs. The outlines of hands, feet, faces, all pressing hard to try and draw closer to drink in the resonating pain. Kenrick gave no mind to the enthusiastic response above. Rather, he expectantly studied the body upon the table before him. There, that very expectation began to fade and turn into apprehension. While the corpse was beginning to react to the stimulus being pumped into its flesh, there was no sense of spirit. Not a single psychic twitch, no sense of spirit returning to inhabit its old form. Only the cold spasming of the stimulated nerves and electrified muscles. He thrust a scalpel into the struggling captive sternum, drawing fresh screams and renewed writhing, writhing above, flooding the chamber with fresh suffering. Desperately flicking uh, through different organic lenses, the homunculus augmented eyes viewed spectrums of reality beyond natural sight. But even then, he could not detect even the subtlest of spiritual movement around the body. There was no twitch, no sense of spirit, nothing. There was no sign at all of the soul that was returning uh, to possess its physical form, as Jutakari's ability to do. Their cursed mockery of more immortality had certain steps that must be followed, or they would risk real spiritual death following their physical death. It was a homunculus's duty to guide those steps, first to provide the vessel, and then the vitality of suffering to fuel the soul's return. With a death this recent, there should not have been no possibility that she who thirsts would have already consumed her soul. And... The body was uh, such a complete state, her spirit shouldn't have been far away. It should have been anticipated this moment, almost hovering in the ether, anchored to the corpse. Enraged, Kymrick flung screaming creature away, and the body crashing forcefully against the wall with the snapping sound of falling limp. Where is he? He shouted, 
Ascend from the panic That just is, I'm sure that's a sense, <laughs> a sense of, of outrage and panic taking overtaking him. Where is her soul? And that's the story. Holy fuck. Wow. Holy fucking shit. Yeah, that was a crazy story. Um, homunculuses are one of the craziest things in all of 40K. I remember doing the episode on them and just learning so much about like, you know, their flesh prisons and like their all these crazy things that they would have. And this was such a cool story to really be able to explore it in the narrative. Well, it really, he like, he really made it come to life. Yeah. Like, um, oh my God, this guy writes like a Lord of the Rings book, right? Like he spends like so much time in the, uh, in the visual uh, space and to really kind of paint the room and really kind of mm-hmm. paint what's going on. And it, like you said, like it creates this really creepy resonance that really does kind of suck you in. Yeah. Um, uh, like the language is difficult, but it's good. It's very 40K, like it's yeah. suitable, right? If I was reading this in my head, it would be fantastic. I'm just a yeah, horrible yeah. reader. So that's not like- It's harder. true to read out loud. Yeah, no, I feel like- You know, but, but yeah, um, like it, it, it was beautiful. Like it sounded really nice. And uh, I, I really like some of the details that he kind of got into and kind of really expanded on. The whole character uh, who knows poisons and venoms and- uh, mm-hmm. She secretes venom and to be even around her. You're like, holy yeah. fuck. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I just, you know, everyone's written so well. Um, I'm trying to pull some things that I really like. Um, yeah, when she's talking about uh, when she's the poison master, fuck, what was that? Uh, uh, and the other guy, like, you know, whiffed it. And, you know, if anyone else, it would have killed him. Um, uh, fuck, I lost a bit. It doesn't matter. But anyway, like, yeah. yeah and he's current- like, I tried not to look annoyed and neither did she or like, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's just insane. Like, this is so just dark and just like visceral. Mm-hmm. And and it's just, I don't know, it's cool. It's gothic as fuck. Uh, yeah, man. It's gross. It's, uh, you know, it, it really sucks you in. And like, he, he's increasing the mystery. So we still mm-hmm. don't know what this message is. And we're getting more mysterious parts. Like, this whole finger amputation. I'm so curious how this kind of ties. What is the point of this finger amputation? It's 100%. something. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, uh, does that imply that she made another clone of herself at some point or like, what was that finger used for? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's just cool. God, just the language she uses. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, ballet of butchery. That was, my, <laughs> that was my favorite. That was fucking sick. That's a takeaway for me. The ballet of butchery. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, keep writing, man. Like you are clearly good at this, and this yeah. is like this. Could, this very easily could be a number one day um, at this kind of like caliber, and like you know, this is what you'd expect from a, like a, a thick forty k book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, if you haven't submitted to like the Black mm-hmm. Library uh, short story competitions, I do. You definitely should because you have a knack for sure. Hundred percent. Yeah. No, this is great. It's just professional is the right word, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I I just like how much. Uh, I feel like even if you don't know much about 40K, you might be able to kind of pick this up. Like he slowly Mm. introduces concepts of like even she who thirsts. While we don't really know what that is, we know it's some type of spiritual entity. Like he gave just enough to know about kind of everything. Yeah, he's baiting it, isn't he? But like in the context, you can't understand that's important. It's got to do with their soul. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something should have happened that didn't. And like, you know, the way he kind of flings the corpse, you know, sideways. It's like you can see the frustration in him um yeah it's just paved with so much descriptive language um, yeah. which is really cool like i'm curious to see uh like a page or two that has less descriptive language and more dialogue um mm. just to really kind of get to know these characters a bit more like i want to 
there's character development in what's happening, but I want to hear them. I want to see what they think. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like even uh, in the first one, he had a little bit of dialogue, but it mm-hmm. wasn't a whole lot. So yeah. I guess that looks the hardest thing. thing to write. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> how people talk is hard, but uh, <laughs> where, where to fucking go, man. Honestly, William, this is, this is golden. Really mm-hmm. good job, my dude. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah for sure i can't wait for part three make sure you message me on discord <laughs> as soon as you get it done and uh we'll try yeah. to get him kind of closer to be- together but very cool I-, I can't wait for part three that's all i gotta say now 100 percent. yeah I need thanks to know so the much message, i need to know the finger and i need to know what the heck that poison was that silver kind of yeah 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 they picked up ah this is cool yeah this is great man honestly super impressed cool uh any other thoughts on this one um, I don't think so. Um, like okay. I said, I'm just excited for the next chapter. Um, yeah. I just had a good time. It just really pulled me into a world. Like it made me see Drukari in a way that like really, really helped paint a picture. Yeah. Well, like um, e- even just the way he kind of snuck in some scourges mm-hmm. in there where it's like, yeah, on the top of this tower, there's some fucking bird people and you use them as me- messengers and he just kind of snuck that in there. It's very cool. It's sick. And just the way the vastness of the uh, ceiling above him and how it like had the illusion that it kind of goes forever. And there's all like the, all the souls, all the people hungry, hungry for the, for the pain <laughs> yeah. that's to come. And it's like, you know, it's, it's a spectacle, right? And it's just, I don't know, it's just fucking 40 K. It's just really yeah, well, man. really well described. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's all I have to say for this episode of Lore Hammer Listen to Lore. Thanks Dylan for joining me. Aw, thanks for having me on there, bud. That was good yeah. to see you. Yeah, good to see you. And we'll see you guys all in the next episode of Lorehammer Listener Lore. Don't forget, you can submit your stories to lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, support my Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore or just Lorehammer Main. You can do that, whatever. Just fuck it, whatever. You know, do you it. Do you. You do He's you. abandoned on an island. He needs all the love he can get. And support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm abandoned on an island. I need all the money I can get because I have to be able a- to trade with the goats and the chickens. <laughs> We're going to use that money to build a bridge between here and Calgary. (laughs) That's the goal. (laughs) That's the goal. All right, everyone. See you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.